in a hotel. Got in bed about 3 o'clock Saturday morning and uh, slept in a little bit. I'm an early riser, so when I got up and my clock said 10.30 in the morning, I was like, dear Lord, have mercy. I must be tired. So I went to bed early last night, and uh, I experienced this a lot when I pastored. Saturday nights were always a very fitful night of rest. And uh, in this new season of our lives, I'll tell you a little bit about that in a minute. Uh, when I know that God is going to do something or I know I have a word for a church, those Saturday nights are now fitful. And um, I didn't rest well, but when I went to sleep, finally, this, this last night, I, I felt the scripture come to me. And uh, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'll get thoughts when I'm getting ready to go to bed. Oh, that's a good thought. I'll remember that in the morning. How many forget it? But this one stuck with me. So I believe God wants to do something today. Praise team, thank you so much for leading us into the presence of the Lord. Amen. Tremendous. I know you're standing, but I'll be standing for the next three and a half hours. So I'm just teasing. Some of you got real scared, like, oh, dear God, let's go chop his other arm off. My wife and I pastored, I apologize, my wife is not here. We have family that's in town that are going to be here today, my son and his wife, and it's his birthday, and so we're going to celebrate later today, but she, uh, she asked if she could, should, could beg off today, and so Pastor Sobochi. See, I did that. I have literally been practicing. Brother Poole good youth pastor brother they came over to the booth that I was manning this week I said okay you guys got to help me and I probably if I've not said his name a hundred times I've said it a thousand Sobolchi 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 amen I stopped to get coffee they thought I was speaking in tongues you know amen what what an honor to be with aren't you thankful for your pastor and her husband did you hear that? Y'all didn't get it. I said, aren't you thankful for your pastor and her husband? Amen. There are people that you meet in life that you instantly know God brought them to connect you. I don't know what it is, but I feel I feel like I've known y'all forever. Hey, brother and sister Sobolchi, thank you for the opportunity to be here. Your work, your investment in the kingdom of God has not gone unnoticed. And uh, I appreciate you, appreciate for the opportunity, very appreciative of the opportunity to be here. And then, of course, got to meet, I've known Brother Poole for a little bit, him and his wife, seen him around at different events. But uh, it's just an honor to be here. I feel good. I feel good. Amen. My wife and I pastored in Southern California for 20 years till God delivered us out of communism, California. You all know a little bit about that being in Illinois. I think the governor of Illinois and the governor of California must be twins. And um, cost an arm and leg to live there and I had to get out before I was already halfway invested. I was like, well, got to get out of here. <laughs> Amen. 
Two years ago, a little over two years ago, the Lord began to, well, really in 2018, began to really direct my wife and I felt like there was a shift happening in her ministry and life and uh, allowed us to come be a part of headquarters running Ministry Central, the, like I always say, the training arm, see what I did there, the training arm of the United Pentecostal Church International credentialing, but, uh, and it's put me in a place where now I'm able to, to go and be what I believe God has called me to be at uh, 29, I'm 39 years age. Um, thank you. Thank you, brother. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> You're already over 60, but we won't talk about that. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Amen. But uh, it's, uh, it is a blessing, and thank you, thank you. I, I, I really, really feel that God has something special for us today. If you have your Bibles, 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18, we're going to be getting reading in verse number 41. 1 Kings 18, I'm, I'm battling a little bit of a cold, so forgive me today if I sound a little congested. I apologize. Verse 41 of 1 Kings 18 says this, And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and behold and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea, like a man's hand. And he said, Go up and say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot, get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. He girded up his loins, ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. With the help of the Lord today, I, I want to take just a little bit of time. and I feel this, as I mentioned before, I feel like God has given me something to preach to this church. I don't know much of your history. I don't even though many of you are first time I'm getting the chance to meet you, but I want to preach to you on this subject, seeing beyond your moment. Seeing beyond your moment. Could you clap your hands to the Lord one more time? I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you, God, that you work through the spoken word. Do your work right now. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Be careful, brother. Be careful now. We may go into no weapon. I better be careful now. I better be careful. Formed against me. I'm supposed to preach. I do. The five senses sight, taste, touch, hearing, and smell collect information about our environment that is then interpreted by our brain. We make sense of this information based on previous experience and by the combination of the information that comes to us 
from each of our senses. Now, if you are like most, you respond almost automatically to most sensory information. And that response to what your senses are informing you is important for survival in your environment. For instance, the sound of a car's horn when you are crossing into the wrong lane, perhaps, or the glimmer of movement coming from your periphery vision telling you to move out of the way as that kid on the bike is hustling to get past you. The five senses are the five main tools that humans use to perceive our world. Those senses of sight, smell, hearing, taste, and touch are very, very important. In fact, we see with our eyes, we smell with our noses, we listen with our ears, we taste with our tongue, and we touch with our skin. The five senses that each of us possess are powerful forces. Just imagine if with me, if you could, a world without taste. Eating would not be near as enjoyable without the ability to taste what I cram into my mouth. That donut tastes good. I look like I've had too many of them, but I'll take another one. Thank you very much. You know, many that contracted COVID during these past few years would tell you they lost their taste. Anybody experience that? I did. I lost my taste, and I discovered that life without taste, that's not too fun. But when you examine the Bible, you will quickly discover that the Word of God spends a considerable amount of time in talking about our senses. We have passages of Scripture such as taste and see that the Lord is good. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. If I may but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. There are a lot of references to the fact that our senses play a major role in experience with God and our experiences in life. Now, probably two of the most talked about senses in Scripture out of the five are the senses of hearing and sight. The Bible tells us that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Now it's evident that the ability to hear the word of God will produce more faith in your life and in mine. Hearing is that sense that gives you the ability to believe God in greater measure. Hearing is that very sense that causes faith to invade your spirit even though it may seem that what is against you cannot be overcome. Your sense of hearing, my sense of hearing, provides to us the necessary ingredients that allows us to believe that with God all things are possible. Now, though blind Bartimaeus could not see, he was still able to hear, and that ability to hear in his case gave him access to his miracle. Sometimes you may not have the strength or the ability to see beyond the size of the storm that is in your life, but if you can just hear that God is for you, if you can hear no weapon formed against me shall prosper, if you can hear greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If you can hear if God before me, who can be against me? If you can hear if I submit to God and resist the devil, he will flee. If you can hear I am more than a conqueror. If you can hear, amen, I am an overcomer. If you can hear, 
He's promised me abundant life. You can look hell in the face. You can look the storm in the eye and say with God all things work together for the good to them that are the cult. I don't know what you've been seeing, but I hear a sound on a Sunday morning. And although hearing is so vital in relation to your success as a child of God, I am convinced that the Word of God places even more emphasis on our ability to see. There is something about the ability to see past what you're currently looking at that plays an important role in your status as a child of God. Looking at Scripture, we can see the importance of perception. We see the importance of this thing called sight and vision. It's unparalleled to any other sense that you possess. It was the wisest man that ever lived who told us in Proverbs 29 and 18, without vision, the people perish. God places a strong emphasis on our ability to see. Why? Why is it so important? To see. How you see your vision, your perception, determines how you fulfill the path of destiny for your life. As many of you are able to tell, I was born with only one hand. Extremely handsome, but only one hand. I don't know why people laugh when I say that. Help a guy out. Come on. All my life, people have tried to put me in a box that they determine I should be in. But I have known something all along. I am fearfully and wonderfully made how I see. You can see yourself as a loser, but God's promise you are more than a conqueror. You can see yourself as a lost, but God told you you're going to be found. Vision, vision determines how you overcome the struggles of life. People say I'm fit into the category of being a handicapped or disabled. I am not. My disadvantage is the greatest advantage that God could ever give me. We got to quit looking at all the stereotypes that our world wants to put us in and recognize uh, we are more than able. We're the head and not the tail. We're the children of God. could have spent my life saying, oh, I want to do sign language. People don't only get half the message. Why is he stuttering? I'm getting every third word. I'm not going to join the Olympic swim team. I swim in circles. And in lane seven is Darren Sargent, but he's still swimming in circles. I determined this is not how God sees me. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm a product of divinity. Hell, you've lied too many times to too many people. You are blood-bought. You are Holy Ghost-filled. You're a child of God. Amen. You can run through a troop and leap over it. 
study history. Helen Keller, who was born blind and deaf, made this statement. The only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. Hello? George Washington Carver said would he, he would go so far as to say where there is no vision, there is no hope. So vision, everyone say vision. Vision is vital for the survival of your life. Now, there are a lot of passages scattered throughout the Scripture that, that both old and new that help us understand the importance of this thing called vision or sight or perception. There are more than I may even have time to declare in our time together today, but allow me to step into our text for a moment and shed some light on a very dark moment in the history of Israel. In our text, Ahab and Jezebel are now the rulers of Israel during a particular moment in the history of God's people. They, they are ruling with wickedness. The judgment of God is upon them, and as a result, the prophet of God, Elijah, has declared that there's going to be a drought. Elijah has just come from a major showdown with the prophets of Baal. I don't have time to get into all the story, but a national revival is sparked by this one man's ability to believe in God. He rebuilds the altar. He gets people to focus on God again. He tells them that the God of their fathers, he's the God that we should serve, and while he's doing it, he faces the prophet it's a bail. And when it's all said and done, we know God answers by fire. He then turns to those in charge and says, you go tell, O wicked Ahab, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I'm fixing to preach to somebody in this house. They were in a drought. It was dry everywhere they looked. The cattle had no water. The crops were dead. It was bad. Yet here is a man so in tune with the ability to see beyond what was currently in front of them saying I hear something coming I know it don't look good right now I know they walked off and left me right now I know my body is racked with pain right now but I hear the sound of abundance of rain I don't know what you've been through I don't know what hell you fought I don't know who handed you what but I'm here to tell you I hear something coming to Belleville. I hear something coming. I hear something walking in. I hear. I can't see it. Right now, all it looks is bad. Everywhere around me looks dead. Everything around me looks dry, but I hear. Elijah gets his servant. They go up on top of the mountain. They're praying. Oh, Elijah's like, man, I opened my mouth. God, you better do something. Anybody ever done that? Opened your mouth? Said it before you saw it? Scripture talks about that. Speak to those things that are not as though they already are. Quit. Forgive me. I, I pastored for 20-something years. My name is Darren Sargent. I'm a recovering pastor, so here we go. Pastor, you can fix all this when I leave. Quit posting your mess on Facebook and get... I'm going to try to be dignified, but we're in trouble. 
I feel liberty in the house today. So Elijah says, all right, I said it. Now let's start looking for it. Tells the servant, go look and see what's out there on the horizon. Well, I, I, I don't see anything, man of God. I, I, I don't see anything. You know, here's the problem. Many times we give up the first time we pray. It's true. We give up before we're supposed to give up. And he tells the prophet or tells the servant, go look again. He goes seven times. Finally, he says, well, I, you know, it's insignificant. probably doesn't mean much. But I see a little cloud out there about the size of a man's hand. It's way off in the distance. This is what I've come to talk to somebody in this house about today. You hear me. Is it possible? The cloud was there the first time the servant of the man of God looked. Maybe he just didn't have the ability to see beyond his moment. Maybe it always lingered out on the horizon, but it was insignificant. It was not enough. It was insufficient. It wasn't there. He just didn't have the ability to see beyond his moment. Maybe he had the problem that Helen Keller mentioned. He had sight but no vision. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt, however. Maybe he did see it, but it was so small, like I mentioned, that he didn't think it was even important to bring back and tell the man of God. His expectation wasn't what it needed to be. The problem, the problem with that is that he may not have understood. The cloud looks small now out in the distance, but when it comes over here, it's going to be a big dark cloud of rain. Some of you have seen the miracle out in your future, but you didn't believe it could possess all the promises that God has. I feel like I'm preaching to somebody. Get ready. Get ready. There's the sound. There is the sound of abundance of rain. I know you don't see it right now, ma'am. I know your heart is broken right now, sir. I know they walked off and left you, sis, but I've got a word for you. Something's on its way. Don't look at what it is now. See what's coming. You see, some people can't look beyond their current dilemma to see the promise of a new day. Some people cannot look beyond the weeping of a night to see that joy is coming in the morning. Can I preach on for a moment? There is another moment in Scripture when the Syrian army is encamped against Israel. They're surrounded on every side, horses and chariots, men of war everywhere you look. But Elisha prays that God would open his eyes to see. And when the servant finally looks out, he says, Oh, oh, oh I was not looking right. There's more with us than there are with them. We got more on our side. I've come to tell a family that hell and high water has been fighting you. I've come to tell a young person that is about ready to give up. I'm here to preach to a young couple who are fighting every day and you don't know how you're going to make it. You better hang on. There's more with you than there are with the enemy. He's not that big. He's not that bad. Hey, 
Amen. In fact, Jesus said, he's under my foot. It's time you take spiritual authority. Sometimes you got to see long enough. You got to stop long enough to let God give you the vision to see that things are not always going to be this way. Sometimes you got to just stop, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. It's not always going to be this bleak. There is a vision that God wants somebody to leave with here on this Sunday morning that says, I've got to see beyond my moment. Some of us, uh, you have got to see beyond your trial. You've got to see beyond your divorce. You've got to see beyond your hurt. You've got to see beyond your situation. You've got to see beyond your pain. You've got to see that beyond your moment, there's a miracle. You may, see, you must see that beyond your moment, your bondage, your deliverance, uh, your dilemma, there is deliverance. God is not done with you yet. I know. My God, I feel this in the heart. I know what they said. I know what the enemies lied to you about. I know they walked off and you're feeling alone. But I've come to tell you, amen, God's got you. God's with you. God hasn't forgot about you. Step into the New Testament. There's the story of Lazarus. And when the news reached Jesus that Lazarus was sick, Lazarus, the friend of Jesus, when the news reached him and he was deathly ill, the Bible makes no excuse when it tells us that when that word reached Jesus, he decided just to hang out for another three days. You get news, your best friend has got a sickness almost dead. You're going to get there. You're going to spend some time with them. But not Jesus. Instead of rushing on to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, his sister Mary and Martha, Jesus stays for some extra time. Doesn't even go to see his friend on his deathbed. Didn't even make the funeral. What a friend. Friends like that, you don't need enemies. Finally, news reaches Jesus. He's dead. Sorry, Jesus, your buddy's dead. He starts to head that way. By the time he gets there, he's been dead now for four days. They keep saying he stinks. He's been dead. He's in the tomb. Let me say something to somebody here. God does his best work in stinky situations. Sometimes the worse it gets, the better he gets. Sometimes you just got to see beyond the stink. You ever got, uh, oh, Lord Jesus, forgive me for I'm about right to say, Lord, hell marry this, hell marry that, Lord Jesus. Stink. <laughs> just kidding. You ever sat next to somebody that stinks? Or they got too much cologne or perfume on? We had someone. Thank you very much. We had someone in our house recently, they had so much perfume on, they could have choked a camel. I was like, dear God. 
do you do two squirts and have to buy another bottle? I didn't know you were back there, sis. Thank you for laughing from the cheat seats. But God works. I don't know why I even went there. God works best in those situations that everybody just shakes their head. Oh, I don't know how they're going to survive. Oh, God help them. I don't know how they're going to get through this. God says, you don't, but I do. He works best. Even Martha and Mary had a problem. Martha runs to Jesus when he's walking into town. Oh, Jesus, if you would have been here, that's all they could see was the past. Mary, if you would have been here, this wouldn't have happened. I submit to us today that Jesus stayed away from Lazarus' house to try and get family and friends to look beyond their moment. Same with the woman with the issue of blood. No way to get to him, get the opportunity to have even a conversation with him. There's too many people. She could have stopped. She was, it was too busy. There was too big of a crowd. No, she looked beyond the current struggle and saw what could be. If she could just but touch the hem of his garment. The crowd didn't stop her. Her pain didn't stop her. Her fear didn't stop her. She said, I've got to reach out because I can't do this anymore by myself. If I can just get to, I wish somebody would get it. I got to get to Jesus' spirit. I wish somebody would get, I got to look beyond this to see what God is doing. Every pain, there's a plan. Every pain, there's a plan and a promise. Prodigal's father kept going out looking. It's the day of the day my son's coming home. He looked beyond the tree line. He looked beyond the end of the road. Is he coming today? Every day, same thing. Walking out there. My son come home today. One day he looks and he catches a glimpse of a familiar stride. A disheveled, broken young man came home. And the Bible says when he saw him, he ran and fell on him and welcomed him home. I see someone walking your way today. I see somebody that you've been praying for coming back home. I see someone coming down the dusty road, a promise that you have been calling out to God for over the last few months and years. Uh, there are some of us in this house today that have every reason in the world to stay locked uh, in our present moment. You haven't had a dad at home. Pain's racking your body. The situation seems hopeless. Uh, the disease is spread everywhere. You're hopeless. You're lonely. You're frustrated. You've been through all kinds of hell and high water, but I got a word for you. You may have every right to be bitter, every right to sulk and sit there on the church pew feeling sorry for yourself because of the dark nights that you have lived through. But I'm here to encourage you today to stand up and declare, I am not living in this moment. I'm going to see beyond where I am. I'm going to see beyond what's going on. I'm going to let God do what God does best and take and turn the situation.
all over this house, stand to your feet and throw your hands in the air. Give God a praise right now. God is in this house. Stay standing. Hear me. Hear me. I can't give you an explanation on everything that happens in life. I wish I could. I wish I could give you reasons for things happening the way they happen, but I can't. But God gives us an opportunity to look beyond what is to what can be, and it can happen in a moment. I know some of you can't even see the forest because of the trees right now. Everywhere you look, it's one bad situation after another. This happened. This happened. I lost this. I lost that. I've been facing this. Hear me. I know I make jokes about it. It's my life story. It's opened so many doors. But there have been many times in my life. I said, God, why me? His grace, it's sufficient. Paul said three times I prayed to get this out of the way, and God said, I can't because I want you to learn something. I feel like this is for somebody right now. When you're at your weakest, when you're at your lowest, that's when you're really strong. God's grace is enough. Quit looking at what is and start seeing what can be. Quit saying you can't make it and start declaring I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Start acting like you have a future in God instead of acting like you have a past that's just riddled with failure and uncertainty. Things change when you possess vision. What I'm currently wrestling with to see the army of the Lord that's encamped round about me. It's going to be all right. Somebody in this house today needs to see beyond their dilemma and beyond their pain and beyond their loneliness to the one who promises, I got a future for you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Someone has to get out from the behind the wall of fear and step out into faith. Amen. Make your way down to this altar and begin to believe. Believe God has a plan for your life. He's a miracle worker. He sees the end from the beginning. He's Alpha and Omega. He's the first, the last. He's the beginning and the end. He that hath begun a good work in you will complete it. Can you see it? Can you see the possibilities? Can you see that God has a way out of 
no way can you see your body can be healed no matter what report you've received can you see the sun breaking through the foggy season of failure and pain and that hope is on its way can you see the day star breaking through the clouds can you see your marriage coming back together can you see your children returning home amen come on there's something God wants you to see believe in the promise of the Lord if you need a touch from God I'm inviting you to this altar if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost I'm inviting you to this altar if you need God to touch your mind I'm inviting you to this altar if you need God to heal the hurt I'm inviting you to this altar